0: Hey guys, this is the Real Life Monopoly podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kenneth and Kerwin Donis. We are real estate investors, and the point of our podcast is to help you reach your financial goals, which will allow you to have time to focus on your true passion so that you can live not only a happier but more fulfilled life. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. Today we'll be having Christopher Salerno out of the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Chris has successfully transacted more than $40 million in real estate volume, and he also helped lead the number one real estate team in the Carolinas to produce more than $140 million in annual sales. He's been named to Charlotte's 30 Under 30 Elite 50, Elite 50 Entrepreneurs, 30 Under 30 Entrepreneurs, and he was also nominated for Forbes 30 Under 30. In today's show, Chris touches on the mindset that he has, as well as his aspirations he has for this year as well as for the future. Let's get right to it.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my two partners, Perwin and Kenneth. Today on the show, we'll be having Christopher Salerno out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Chris, do you mind introducing yourself to the audience?
2: Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to add value. Um, and you guys have a wonderful podcast and very excited to be on.
1: So Chris, do you mind going into your background as to how you guys started in real estate?
2: Yeah, so I'll give you guys my background on how I got started into real estate. I actually got started in real estate. I was um, running Division I track as a sprinter at Winthrop University, which is a college here. Uh, I was a Division I uh, AA college here in uh, South Charlotte, uh, right across the border in South Carolina. Um, I was running track, studying business entrepreneurship, and uh, very quickly I realized college was the best business there is. Uh, the government is guaranteed their money, and the students have to pay back the government. And that's the only loan you cannot file for bankruptcy. I realized that very quickly, and I said, I, college is not for me. It, it was never for me, but I got out after a year and a half. I ended up working two jobs, um, and uh, from those two jobs, I knew that I wanted to get into residential sales at that time. Reason being is because I knew I would outwork my competition. Um, I uh, I work crazy hours. Uh, my employees call me an Elon Musk, uh, but in real estate, uh, because of how many hours I work and, and just how I'm, I've am i trained my mind to just keep going and, and not uh, slow me down. Um, so I was working those two jobs, um, saving up uh, enough capital. I think it was like $4,000 working two jobs, uh, to pursue real estate. I remember I was serving tables at Olive Garden, uh, that was one of my jobs. And in my apron, um, I had flashcards of things I needed to memorize for real estate school. And I would do that after I had all the tables, uh, happy. I would go and start studying them. Um, I ended up getting into real estate, uh, the first year I became the top agent with Keller Williams in Charlotte. After that, I started growing a company. I then merged that company with a number one company in the Carolinas for Keller Williams. We were also number fourth in the world by unit count with over 775 homes sold. After doing that, I felt like I hit a ceiling. Uh, but before I felt like I hit a ceiling, I joined and we were producing around 92, 93 million annual sales. I was able to bring them up to 147 million just in a year and a half compared to their three years of being stagnant with no growth. After doing that, that's when I felt like I hit the ceiling. And I realized that I need to play the game Monopoly, but in real life. And what's the ultimate game of Monopoly? Ultimate game is, is you own the land, you put large buildings on there, and you got to keep mass producing that and you receive all the cash flow. When you receive the cash flow, you end up winning because all your other partners end up going bankrupt uh, or just end up selling everything they have. And, and uh, you have to make sure you have a fine balance of cash flow uh, and you're purchasing land and uh, putting apartments on it. Uh, so I said, I need to do that in real life. So I started studying the 08 market, realizing multifamily is the strongest asset class. And uh, I, d- I dove in head first i do not broker real estate anymore uh, within seven months we acquired a little over 40 million 364 units i then took about a year to build out the team uh, to poise us for very strong growth uh, after doing that uh, what i did was uh, i we started going back on acquisition mode within two years we've acquired a little over 55 million and 500, 500 units this year our goal is a minimum of 100 million assets under management so we're working very hard to get there uh, so that's a little bit uh about myself and the company.
1: And to kind of go back into your first deal, do, you, do you mind going into how you got that and what the challenge that you faced?
2: Yeah. So, uh, the first multifamily deal. Yeah. So the first multifamily deal is touring a 91 unit, um, in Charlotte. And, uh, and, um, after touring that unit, I looked over, and I saw an adjacent property, and I asked the broker, hey, is that for sale too? Is it the same seller? He said, no, it's a different seller. I said, well, see if they'd be willing to sell. I want to buy that one and this one, and combined it to 135. He said, okay. Unfortunately, we lost out in Best and Final to that 91. The funny thing is, is the, uh, the, the group we lost out to, I'm best friends with, and we're now partnering on a fund, um, but... Uh, a, a week later, I called the broker back up. I said, hey, is it still available? He said, yes. So we went uh, toward it. Uh, we then um, uh, submitted an LOI and then uh, raised around $2.2 in capital on the first deal um, uh, to get that deal closed. And it's a value add uh, and it's performing very well. Did you have investors
1: going into that first deal? Did you already have investors that were ready to go? And how did you nurture those leads beforehand if you did that?
2: Yeah. So I was prepping our investors. Uh, I, a lot of our investors came from the single family space. Um, and so I was prepping them for multifamily. I, uh, I do have uh, a couple investors that, uh, have very deep pockets and, uh, and I was pleased to know them and, and have those relationships with them to bring them over. Um, so that was really the, the really, uh, charting point, um, in, in helping, uh, to launch that first deal.
3: Awesome. And um, you mentioned before we started the, the recording that you target uh, anything above 150, I think it was 150 to 400. Correct. We've spoken with multiple investors who have a wide range within the multifamily space of uh, asset unit sizes they target. So if you mind me asking, why do you like that? Why is that your sweet spot?
2: Sweet spot is economies of scale. You know, uh, let's go back to the game Monopoly. You, uh, say, uh, say you guys put, uh, a single family house, but I have, a, a, a large apartment complex. What's ha- What happens when you land on my land? You pay me uh, more money. So, so that's why it's economies of scale. Also, if I have a 200 unit apartment complex, 15 people decide not to pay or they can't pay. What happens? I'm, I'm still able to pay rent because the, the other remaining are still going to pay. Operate the business and it's still got a cash flow. Well, say if you had a 50-unit apartment complex and say 10 people don't pay, that hurt your cash flow substantially compared to a 100 or 200-unit apartment complex. So it's economies of scale. On top of all that, to run a 50 or 40-unit, it sometimes is more work than running a 200-unit apartment complex. Uh, um, so I would rather put all the hard work into running a 200-unit apartment complex because I know I'm going to get uh, a larger return on my investment compared to a 40-unit.
1: Oh, that definitely makes sense. And going back to your first deal when you did that first 91, um, I'm not sure if you own any rentals before that, but how did you grasp or, or get your mindset on going, you know, into something that big? Because a lot of people do start with duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes. Um and it's something that you kind of have to overcome. So, how did you, obviously? How did you uh, manage to do?
2: Yeah, so we actually lost the ninety-one, and uh, the deal we bought was forty-four adjacent to it. But from that forty-four, we went to one hundred and forty-four and one hundred and seventy-five units, um, and and we know, and that was the turning point where we no longer look below a hundred. Um, and so, uh, did I have a rental before that? I had w- uh, one single-family rental and two flips I was doing at the time uh, before that. Uh, I no longer flip. I have one single family rental right now, knock on wood. Uh, she's been a wonderful lady, been in there uh, over three years now. Uh, it cash flows $600 a month, uh, but I'm selling it off market uh, to someone who I know who's um, who's paying paying me for it because I want to take my capital out and put it in multifamily. Um, but, uh, going into it, um, I partnered with very seasoned operators who knew the space to help limit my mistakes. And that helped me tremendously going into the deal. Um, and that's how I ultimately was able to, uh, partner and close the deal was partnering with individuals who had uh, a tremendous amount of knowledge.
1: Notice about you is that you're big on networking. Uh, do you yes. mind getting into how that's helped your business? Because that's something that we've obviously been doing through the podcast and you have seen so many benefits. So do you mind telling our audience why that's so important?
2: Well, this business is all about relationships. Uh, It's, it's, any business is all about relationships and who you know. Uh, And, and it, it, it's key. Um, You know, those, those deals that you hear getting done, you hear that people get best terms. Well, how do they get those best terms? It's because who they know and the relationships they built. Um, So when it comes to networking, it's adding value, adding value to people on social media. Um, uh, throughout your thought leadership platform we have a podcast the mindful multifamily show we add value through that we have a closed facebook group the mindful multifamily network we add value through that so adding value to people really helps tremendously uh, grow your network and also see you as a thought leader uh, and then when you do it you have to narrow down who are you adding value to and who's your target audience who do you want to target so just recently, we've uh, uh, started really going deep with relationships with family offices and large institutions, um, and so we're slowly opening those relationships up. Um, so that's how you do it, is just adding value and finding a way to add value to these individuals.
1: So, and to kind of go back to you, you're, you know, you're just getting into the, the multifamily space. What was one thing that you thought would be easier than it actually was? And to go off on that, what was another thing that you thought would be harder than it actually was?
2: Yeah, so uh, easier than it was actually uh, was uh, it really came natural to operate and run the deal. Um, and and I love challenges that come along the way, but I would say that would be fairly easy. Um, uh, hard when I first did a deal, our first ever deal, raising capital, I thought that was going to be easier than I thought. Um, but it was very difficult. Now I, I enjoy it, and that's my main thing is raising capital. Um, and uh, and we can raise it, and, and I'm happy for that. Um, so I would say those are the two things.
1: We obviously have, have been uh, reaching out to brokers, and that's the main way that we generate our, our deals and leads. How do you and your business recommend new new people that are just getting into multifamily, um, how do you recommend they come across that, that deal that they might be able to close, and how do they uh, increase their deal flow?
2: relationships with brokers building relationships with brokers is how you're going to get uh get deals and find deals and then get the deals um uh, i mean find out if they're a good deal how to close the deal is building relationships with investors uh creating a thought leadership platform like you guys have uh going out there and adding uh, value and uh, educating other individuals about investing into multifamily
3: that's how you're going to get investors to then be able to fund these deals and i actually we have a looked on you have a youtube uh your own course that um, is for free. So we uh, at least the YouTube that was uh, really at high value, and we learned a lot just by watching it. And I'm sure people will learn a lot by watching it. And something you mentioned on there was the nice. never give up mentality. Um, I'd love if you could maybe explain what that is. Yeah, the never uh, the never
2: give up mentality is um, is um, is you know something that I've just cultivated um, throughout my think. I mean, it's it's so hard to really say how to build a never give up mentality. Uh, but it's through one meditation. I highly believe in meditating um, in the morning and in the evening and having your alone time. Uh, and then just really going after your goals. Um, uh, it's so hard to say uh, you know, because I have a crazy schedule and my mind, I just, I built to, to play this uh, basically life as a game, which it is. Um, and, and it's, it's just never giving up no matter what. Uh, one thing I do is when I work out, I like to have a trainer workout and a trainer work me out. And when he does that, um, I make sure that he pushes me to my max. Like I want him to make me throw up or pass out. Uh, if he's not, if he does not do that, then I'm not, then he's not doing a good enough job. Uh, and I want to just test my body to see how hard I can, uh, push it to, I, until I break. Um, and I've just, I've had that mentality and I've built that mentality, um, to then it helped me never give up. So I'm pushing myself harder and harder and harder and harder to see how hard I can push it to give up. But I just train myself never to give up and to push myself through it, no matter the good, the bad. Uh, You name it. Um, So I would say first, listening to podcasts, reading books, following people like David Goggins, E. T., Eric Thomas. You know those motivational speakers that will help build that mindset uh, for that never give up
3: mentality. I was going to say to follow up that um, something you also uh, mentioned is the importance of setting goals. And uh, how would you recommend someone starting out? How would you recommend they go about setting not only goals that um, will push them, but also something they that will they can reach? You know.
2: Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it all comes down to making sure your goals are attainable, making sure that you can, uh, you know, the goals you set, you can achieve those goals. Um, so it, it comes down to who you are as a person. People ask me that and I say, well, what are your goals? Are your, are your goals to make a certain amount on a monthly basis? Are your goals to retire? What are your goals? I need, you know, um, because we all have different type of goals. And then once you figure out your goals, uh, you know, how are you going to attain those goals and what step measurable steps you are going to take to achieve those goals? Uh, are those goals realistic? And then the time frame, what time frame are you going to set uh, to achieve those goals? You can't just have a goal out there with no time frame. You need to have a time frame that you want to achieve those goals. Um, so that's uh, that's just a little bit on, you know, how to start formulating uh, your goals and how you're going to achieve them. Do you mind
1: going into your, your company culture so that your employees look up to you and see how hard you work? They compare you to the Elon Musk of real estate, which, I mean, I read his, uh, his autobiography and I, I, it's insane how hard he works. So I can only assume, you know, that, that, that must be a very, very good thing for you. And, and when they look up to you like that. What does it create in your, in your company? Like, what type of culture do you guys have? And how has that impacted your business?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So the culture we have is is a a fun culture. Uh, Everyone who I bring on has to be trustworthy, has to have integrity, um, and, and really just has to be themselves. Whether it's good or bad, you need to speak up and let me know you know whether you like something you don't like something it's it's you you say what's on your mind we have no filter within the company uh which it, that's how it needs to be um but it it, it is relaxed uh, but people know that we have large goals as a company people know i have large goals and that you're going to have to work um to achieve the company's goals and i always ask our employees what are your goals um and and i want to make sure that uh, they're within my goal. So when I achieve my goal and the company achieves their goals as a company, all of our employees will achieve their goal. Um, and so that's a little bit about the, the culture and, and who we are um, as a company. How hard is it to find someone
1: that aligns with your beliefs? Because just to be honest, there's not that many people that think like you, right? You're willing to put all of those in every single week. And a lot of other people have other things that they might want to do. Um, and mean, it's obviously your business. So how, how do you go about finding these people and how hard is it to actually find someone that I like, but just out of
2: mind? Yeah, so um, I, I don't really go out and seek uh, individuals like uh, extremely hard. Depending on who who they are and uh, depending on what I need uh, for that position, I may go out there and, and try to seek it. Um, but um, but when it comes to one of the questions you asked, or you said in there, uh, I don't find them to align with how I work. I've had one employee try to do that and he just broke down like he wasn't able to uh, mentally and physically uh, get onto my sleep schedule and how I work. Um, so I don't expect them to be a me. Um, I don't want them to be. I want them to have a life. But I do want them during the day and during the task that we have. Uh, to give 120%. Um, but I, I understand that on the weekends and, and in the evening, some of them just want to relax and want to do their own personal things, which that's how it is. Uh, but I don't expect them all to try to get on my schedule or try to want to compete with me when it comes to my work ethic. Uh, that's one reason why I got into uh, the real real estate uh, residential game, and then why I created QC Capital is because I know I will outwork my competition, uh, and I will stay later in the office. I'll get here earlier, um, and I'll do whatever uh, it takes morally, ethically, uh, with having integrity to make sure that we hit our goals.
4: Yeah, and I kind of want to touch on that. Um, so my question would kind of be: How important do you think it would be? As a leader and owner of the company for your employees andor partners um,
2: to see you working, um, you know, as hard as you can. I think that's, I think it's extremely important, uh, because it wants them, it will want them to work harder. Uh, you know, what's that saying? Uh, show me your uh, five closest friends. I'll show you your future. I highly believe in that. And, and with them seeing how hard I work and how much I want it and how much I want to hit the goal for this company, um, they, they really see that passion and that drive and they want to be a part of it. They want to be, um, attached to it. They want to be within the company to grow the company as well, because they see, how much passion i have how much love i have uh motivation i have to hit our goals and they want to be a part of it uh, so you actually see them actually you actually as a as a leader and as the owner of the company you see them you see them actually working harder you see them actually thinking outside the box now um, and uh for someone who i knew who only wanted to work a nine to five he's he's now working an eight to eight and then eight to seven, because he loves it. He enjoys it. He's hungry for it. He can't stop. And so I think creating that culture of uh, you don't you're not going to want to stop. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. Um, it you really feel that once you are involved into uh, the culture of the company.
4: I, I definitely agree on, on
2: all of that. So
4: um, to kind of touch on that. Which one would you say is uh, more important for an employee to have either motivation or discipline and why?
2: A mixture of both. Uh, you need to have discipline uh, and, and you need to have motivation. So I would say all of the above to, to that question because uh, you, you need to know uh, how to be disciplined. You need to know how to hold yourself accountable and have me hold you accountable. Um, but you also need to have that motivation. Um, it's very difficult to hold yourself accountable um, as, as an individual. Um, and so you, if you, you, have that type of trouble, you need to have someone to hold you accountable. Um, so you are well disciplined and well motivated. Um, but I think it's a
3: definitely a mixture of both. Something that we've heard of other syndicators that what they do is they'll um, establish an alignment of interest between them and their employees. Um, so that whether that's giving them a percentage of the cash flow, um, something like that. So I was just curious, do you do anything like that to incentivize and motivate your employees?
2: Uh, we do with our top executives. They do uh, participate in profit share. Um, they don't have ownership in the company, um, but they do participate in the profit share. Um, and with them participating in the profit share, that also gives them uh, a- aligned interest, motivation uh, to work hard. So Awesome.
1: Yeah, so um, to kind of go into like your, your mindset more a little bit. How do you balance work? Since you work so hard, you work so many hours, but you also mentioned that you like to train and work out. How do you balance every aspect of your life?
2: Yeah, I like I like to work out. Um, I try I try to work out as much as or I try to work out when I can. And then I have a newborn who's 14 months uh, going on 15 months, so it's very difficult. Um, thanks, uh, I love him. He, he's my little man, um, but uh, it's very difficult. It's not easy. I think one of the weaknesses I have. Uh, in my life, is time management um, to give uh, give um, on the weekends. My family really gets ninety eight percent of my time. I do take investor calls, and when they sleep, I do work. Uh, but they do get a lot of my time on the weekends. During the week, they know uh, from four o'clock in the morning to around nine o'clock at night, I'm work. And then I do come home to hang out with them, uh, before my little man goes to bed for about an hour. And once he goes to bed, I'm on my laptop working till around 11, 12 at night. So, um, so the one thing I'm still trying to, to do is time management. And, and that's a very been, it's been difficult for me previously. It has ruined relationships and, uh and uh and then so i know that that's one thing i need to work on is time management but uh at the moment with the growth of the company and where i want to get um my uh, my significant other my fiance um sh- definitely should have uh aligned interests with me on understanding that uh to grow a billion dollar company it's not going to come easy And that uh, you do need a lot of time, effort poured into it to get there. So I think if you have a significant other who has that type of aligned interest uh, and understanding, I think, uh, you know, no matter what career you're in or or what business you're growing, um, that you're going to flourish in it. It's just making sure that communication and everybody's on the same page. I'm just
3: curious. I mean, you seem obviously very driven and motivated. What is your why and what gets you out of bed in the morning? um, pushes you to kind of just grind every day.
2: <laughs> One of my employees asked me that the other day, and um, and I told him, and he was like, "Interesting, I've never uh, thought it from that perspective." A couple things. Now, because I do have a newborn, he's my big why. That's why I'm working so hard. So if he wants to take over the company one day, uh, he can take over the company. Um, when I die, it's only when I die I don't plan on retiring. So um, so he'll he, he will understand that. Uh, but my ultimate big why is, one, I have a very large goal, and a lot of people told me I can't accomplish it, so I can't wait to prove them wrong. But two, I see life as a game. Uh, I see this as a game um, that I'm playing, and I don't like to lose, and and so I see that I need uh, to reach my goal. My I have a certain goal in life, and that's that's my finish line. Not necessarily finish line. That's one of my hurdles I want to accomplish, and after I accomplish it, obviously it goes higher. And so I I treat this as a game that I'm playing. Um, and that's my big why is that I'm, I'm in a game and I have to play and it's a life or death situation. Um, so I'm going to make sure I play this game, uh, to achieve that first hurdle and then keep achieving hurdles after that. Along the way, I do love to give back. I love to give back my knowledge, like being on podcasts. I love to get back, uh, to a, um, a Charlotte rescue mission here in Charlotte, where we, uh, help individuals who have been addicts. I love to go in there and help change their mindset, understand the way they are thinking, and see if you can change their way to become a successful individual and in no matter what career they want to be in. Um, so along that way, it, I definitely like to give back to individuals and then also to animals as well. Uh, but my big why is I treat this like a game and I have one goal I have to hit um, until my next goal comes in front of me. And and so that's how I'm pushing myself.
4: Yeah, I kind of want to touch on that. So um, we've actually been very, very big on Grant Cardone, and he's also big on that. Just trying to reach your ultimate potential. Um, so that's kind of what, you know, I, I agree that, you know, getting up out of bed every day, even though you might not want to, um, but just trying to improve yourself, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually every single day, yeah. um, and just growing, um, because, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely feel like, you know, having that strong why and, and trying to better yourself every day is very, very, uh, helpful when you're trying to attain those very, very big goals. I agree. Yeah. yeah
1: and Chris um a question that comes to mind as, as we've been obviously we work a long long hours every single week and as most people in this business do how do you manage and how do you react to people throwing their self-limiting beliefs or just beliefs in general thing that you know asking you questioning why you work so hard um, how do you pretty much react to that and, and how do you keep going because it seems like all these people that are, are successful in their own ways have different ideas as to what true success means and what true happiness means so how do you manage to do that as someone who's done it for so many years and this obviously has a big goal, which is building that billion dollar company
2: yeah um so the ultimate goal of q c capital is to have over fifteen billion assets under management um me personally it's become a billionaire um uh, but it's to have over fifteen twenty billion assets under management to to answer your question everyone on this uh, on this um zoom call uh right now everyone who is listening or viewing this they all have a different de- definition of success they all define success differently when it comes to um viewing um success and having individuals uh, i don't really tell uh, tell a lot of people Uh, the, my ultimate goal, because a lot of people, uh, don't believe in it. They don't have the mindset to believe in it. And, and there's so many books out there, but 98% of my, 98% of success, in my opinion, is mindset. You have to have a strong mindset. You have to believe in yourself. You have to meditate. You have to envision it. You have to create that laws of attraction to grow, uh, your business, to, to grow, to reach those goals. Um, so I say having a strong mindset helps me overcome those individuals who don't believe in me, helps me overcome to prove those individuals wrong. Um, so that's that's really um, how I can overcome any doubt of anyone else is having that strong and powerful mindset.
1: Chris, do you think you'll work this hard? You say you don't want to retire. Do you think you'll work this out hard up until, you know, that day that you I die? That?
2: You I don't I don't I don't see this as work. I see this as a game.
1: 100 percent and that's really so, interesting that's interesting
2: yeah I, people who see it as work uh, want to retire i don't see it as work i enjoy this i see this as a game i have to play
1: 100 i gave a monopoly like like the name of our show
2: yeah there you go
1: also
4: i really do love what you said there um you know stating that you know if you want to pretty much like every day um you know just kind of working towards that and not letting other people put their self-limiting belief one thing that we have came came to like learn and understand after reading so many books and just filling our, our brains with knowledge is that uh, the law of attraction is real as well as anything you put your mind to or set goals to and work and strive for it non-stop every single day it is possible you know people out there have already done it so you know we are all humans. We all have the same capabilities. None of us are special. It's just up here in the mind, uh, and that's really big. That you, I love the mindset, and that's really uh, awesome that to hear that. Honestly, yeah,
2: thanks.
1: Um, so to kind of go more into the into the family business, you said that you were in multiple different Sunbelt states. How do you choose which ones you're going to go into, and what markets you're going to actually?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, so I follow job growth. Job growth is going to bring jobs. They're going to bring money. They're going to bring people to employ. Uh, I live here in Charlotte. I've been in Charlotte over 14 years. Thankfully, it's one of the best cities uh, here in the southeast, especially in the Carolinas. Raleigh, North Carolina, Winston-Salem, Greensboro in your neck of the woods, Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, all are great markets, Charleston, South Carolina. So we look at the job growth. Where are people – where where are jobs going? Where are companies moving to and companies relocating? Why? Because they're going to bring jobs. They're going to bring people. They're going to open up for new jobs. So uh, we also see Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, the South Florida markets, which we like a lot. I'm originally from South Florida. Atlanta, Georgia. Texas, uh including Dallas, Houston, and Austin. Those are markets we're also looking in. So where jobs are where people are moving to, that's where we like to be.
1: Awesome. Yeah, we're lucky to be in that I agree. Really good market. Um so yeah, man, I mean you can kinda of go into our express round where I'll just ask you pretty much five questions and you kinda of just tailor them toward business or personal life, but it'll be at a pretty quick rate. Are you
2: Let's
1: ready? Do it. Yep. Awesome. So what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
2: Biggest mistake I made was giving a contractor, uh, when I was in the single family industry a hundred thousand dollars to renovate uh uh two two houses that I had um, and I staggered it out. I didn't give him one full check, but he eventually uh, ran off with around $90,000. $90, so the biggest mistake was uh, giving contractors money that they needed to buy materials up front. I will not do that anymore. They need to go ahead and buy the materials, and then you can slowly fund the project. Uh, so that was the biggest mistake. That's one bad contractor uh, story. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know. I, always, I mentioned Yeah. It's
1: really every you know. time there's yeah. a bad contractor.
2: Yeah, contractors are there. I I just, I don't understand them. They're not good. Uh, you know, you got to find really good quality contractors who are good at pricing, uh, and will do good quality work. Um, other than that, you're, it's, it's very difficult. And also the, uh, I, I had to contact the South Carolina Board of Contractors to file a complaint. They didn't do anything at all. So they're useless as well.
1: Oh, man. Well, at least you learned that, right? Um, that is right. What is your favorite book? And if you have one that's for personal life or mindset and one for business or to kind of go hand-in-hand but
2: Yep, multiple books. Think and Grow Rich. Love that book. I always recommend it. I, I read it a couple times a year. Also, Mistakes Millionaires Make. It's a wonderful book. Uh, it talks about individuals who lost over $200 million uh, in net worth and gained it all back. What they did, all the nitty and gritty. Uh, so those are two books that come top of mind.
1: What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received or that you would give someone?
2: Uh, best piece of advice that I would uh, give to someone is just never give up. Uh, create that laws of attraction. Uh, you need to create that mindset for strength, for growth, uh, because as as you're growing a large company, you need to be ready for lawsuits. You need to be ready for, depending on what space you're in, uh, complaints and uh, SECs uh, coming after you. You need to be ready for that, and you need to have a strong mindset to prepare yourself for that. If you don't, it's going to break you, break the company and any of your employees because they see you as leaders. So create that strong mindset, uh, cultivate that, create that laws of attraction for uh, to set you up for success. Do you have a daily habit that you would accredit some of your success to? Uh, my daily habit would be meditation in the morning and in the evening. Also writing down my goals. I do write down my goals every morning. And then when I'm on calls and things like that, I doodle with a notepad. And instead of doodling, you know, triangles and things like that, I, I doodle my goals, uh, that I want to hit. So I write down my goals, um, while I'm on, um, calls and things like that. So those are my little daily things. Other than that, uh, I don't have... I mean, each day, it's not the same, really. I mean, I have meetings packed out. Kind of go into
1: that. So you'll write down notes um, just while you're on, like, a call, no matter what the call is?
2: No, yeah. So I write down notes on the call, but a lot of times, um, like, I doodle. So, like, I'll start writing down my goal uh, while I'm on a call. Uh, Right now, I'm writing down my goal. So instead of me writing down like random and drawing random triangles or squares or things like that. Uh, What I do is I write down my goals when I'm on a call or when I'm thinking or things like that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Uh, What is the best way for our listeners who want to get in touch with you to reach out to you
2: yeah, the best way is go to our website, qccapitalgroup.com. Uh, go ahead and submit our form that we have on there. That will come in directly to me at the moment. Uh, my assistant will then go ahead and set up a uh, 15 minute call so I can get to know you, uh, understand your goals and to see if we're a good fit to partner with each other.
1: Well, we really do appreciate your time and uh, we look forward to staying
2: in touch. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. I enjoyed it. Cool. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Real Life Monopoly podcast with the Donis Brothers. If you want to learn more about what we do, make sure to visit our website, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com. And if you aren't already, make sure to follow us on all platforms at Donis Brothers. Let's be great today. Have a good one.